Hello and welcome to the Anita Poor Show, where I am here to help you understand Bitcoin, realize its humanitarian implications for the world and gain financial sovereignty. I'm your host, Anita Posh. This is episode 173 of my show. And today I want to give you an insight into what I have achieved with my work and through Bitcoin for fairness in this year, in 2023. If you're using a podcast player that's capable of showing chapters and images like BreezeTech, Fountain App or Customatic, you can see all pictures and links that I'm attaching to this episode in your player. I'm in Zimbabwe at the moment, recording this in the garden of a friend. So if you hear some birds or noises, it's because of that. Please subscribe to my free newsletter to receive weekly news and learn more about Bitcoin at anita.link weekly. And now on to the review for 2023. Thank you for listening. I want to start with one of my highlights of this year. And this was a Bitcoin training for human and civil rights activists in Zambia. It was the Freedom Money Workshop I conducted during the Freedom Academy in Lusaka, Zambia in April 2023. Together with the Bitcoin for Fairness team Zambia, we introduced 50 human rights activists from over 20 African countries to Bitcoin. A one-time workshop like this is great for onboarding and answering first questions, but it's not enough time to strengthen the knowledge that's needed. In a fast-moving technology like Bitcoin, it's important to build a long-term relationship with activists and educators and the people you are teaching. This was the reason why I thought it would be a great idea to have some sort of online program to create a longer and sustainable connection with the people I met. This led to Crack the Orange. I ended last year's review with the commitment to build a community site with online courses and education around non-KYC Bitcoin, privacy tools and, of course, self-custody. And I did it. In January, I started gathering ideas for a name, creating a business model for online courses and combined this with a scholarship program. In August, Crack the Orange was launched. Three months later than planned, because of my traveling and speaking engagements, but nonetheless with high ambitions. Since the launch, we received over 70 scholarship applications from Bitcoin educators and community builders from African countries, but also from Latin America and Indonesia. The goal of the scholarship program is to build the next generation of educators to scale knowledge and adoption through peer-to-peer -peer education. Now let's look into the year month by month. I was staying in Zimbabwe the first months of the year, working on ideas and content for the online course and learning platform Crack the Orange. In this time, I also gave an online lecture for a conference in Germany. You can find the link to this online lecture in your podcast player. In the same month, the lightning note that we brought to Zambia in October 2022 went online. Sadly, this lightning note is now offline again, I guess due to problems with the Raspi Blitz. Or maybe due to the fact that it's really a lot of work and you need a lot of knowledge to run your own 
Lightning Node. In February, I dedicated a lot of time into testing Lightning wallets in rural Zimbabwe, where there is minimal phone signal. My goal was to find out if it's possible to self-custody Lightning with an easy-to-use wallet. The results showed that it was possible to use the Phoenix wallet. This year, I'm planning to do another test. This year, we have much more new Lightning self-custody wallets that I will need to test. Furthermore, in this month, my book, Learn Bitcoin, read by a Zimbabwean, was published as an audiobook. In March, we updated the Bitcoin for Fairness flyer, which is a Bitcoin explainer for beginners and a great giveaway for Bitcoin meetups. We had to update it because the blue wallet was deprecating its custodial lightning wallets. And so I made a small tutorial for the Phoenix wallet. This month, end of the year 2023, I also published a tutorial video for the Phoenix wallet and also for the green wallet. And in March, I also started to create the content for the Learn Bitcoin course. In April, I conducted a hardware wallet workshop in Harare, Zimbabwe, and we organized a Bitcoin meetup. I left Zimbabwe to go to Zambia to attend the 7th Bitcoin for Fairness Zambia meetup in Lusaka, where I spoke about the importance of self-custody and we onboarded the participants to the Phoenix wallet. My journey also included a meeting with Bitcoin Banamayo, a group dedicated to educating female Bitcoiners. We supported them by providing learning materials and a Crack the Orange scholarship. Furthermore, I was a guest in the Zambian online format, The FIS Show, Financial Inside Zambia, and facilitated a freedom money workshop for the human rights activists that I mentioned before. During this month, my work with Bitcoin for Fairness was featured in Bitcoin Magazine's Women in Bitcoin series. This article highlighted my efforts in global Bitcoin education. You will find the link in your podcast player. And it can be accessed online for an in-depth view of my journey and contributions. Additionally, the Bitcoin for Fairness flyer was published in Portuguese, French, German and Slovakian, broadening its reach significantly. This multilingual expansion made possible by my open-source approach and community support was a key step in making Bitcoin education more accessible to diverse communities worldwide, aligning with my goal of inclusive financial empowerment. This busy month, April, was rounded off with the beginning of video recordings for Crack the Orange in a Lusaka studio, marking a significant step in the project's development. In May, the outreach of the Bitcoin for Fairness flyer expanded even more with its translation into Shona, Greek, Catalan and Spanish. Meanwhile, I was busy with the ongoing video production and editing for Crack the Orange. A highlight of the month was presenting a keynote at the Pizza Day in Prague from May 18 to 19th. This event was a fantastic opportunity to share my perspectives about how Bitcoin represents human rights and acts as a tool for civil resistance and empowerment. 
The link to the slide is also in the podcast player. In June, I had the pleasure to be a speaker at Bitcoin Prague, BTC Prague, where I held a keynote on how Bitcoin empowers Africa and Africans empower Bitcoin. This keynote I gave in several variations over the year because I think it's really an important one. I'm sharing insights on the symbiotic relationship between a continent on the rise and fair money. We also organized a Bitcoin for Fairness meetup in Prague where about 30 people participated. Later in the month, I attended the Oslo Freedom Forum hosted by the Human Rights Foundation in Oslo, Norway. And I dedicated even more time to continue the video production and editing for the Crack the Orange online course. In July, I still created content and that month was also important for testing and fine-tuning the course to ensure its high quality and effectiveness. On July 19th, I discussed the intersection of charity and Bitcoin with the C4's Certified Bitcoin Professional Committee in an online show. You find, of course, the link to it in the podcast player. Then, in August, I had the opportunity to join Laura Shin on the Unchained podcast, explaining why Bitcoin is a tool for freedom. This was a show that I wanted to be a part of for a long time. So basically, that was a great um, deal for me to be there. And then finally, in August, I launched Crack the Orange and With Bitcoin for Fairness, we granted the first scholarships to educators and community builders in the Global South. This was a huge milestone for me in contributing positively to Bitcoin education and adoption in the, for me, most important areas. In September, I engaged in several influential Bitcoin-related events, starting with attending Noob Day at Bitcoin Riga Week. I was a panel guest on the topic of human rights and Bitcoin and also delivered a keynote at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference. Of course, you find the link to it in the podcast player. This month also marked the very first live call with the scholars for the Crack the Orange course on September 9, a big kickoff for my new program. After that, from September 13 to 16, I attended the Global Bitcoin Summit at Bitcoin Park in Nashville. My talk there highlighted the significant achievements of Bitcoin for Fairness. My travels then took me to Austin, Texas to visit Bitcoin Commons and Blab Lab, which are innovative Bitcoin co-working spaces And I ended the month with my participation in BTC Sessions live call called Why Are We Bullish on September 30th alongside with Lynn Alden. In October, my schedule was filled with very diverse and impactful engagements in the Bitcoin community. I attended a Bitcoin Halloween special with C4, which was a live stream event where we talked about Bitcoin, the zombie of cryptocurrencies, and cleared up some common misconceptions and thought 
Following this, on October 20th, I attended Lugano Plan B, where I had the honor of delivering a keynote speech, sharing why Bitcoin is a game changer for Africa and how the enormous contributions of the African community are helping Bitcoin development and adoption globally. My journey continued with my participation in the Bitcoin Indonesia conference between October 26th and 28th. There, I gave a beginner-friendly Bitcoin 101 talk, which offered a comprehensive introduction to Bitcoin and provided the necessary knowledge to safely navigate the Bitcoin ecosystem. The month concluded with my guest appearance on the German Fast and Curious podcast on October 30th, where I had the opportunity to discuss various aspects of Bitcoin and its impact in a more financial context. This format was a great chance to reach out to a big German-speaking audience of people that are usually not so much involved in the Bitcoin community. In November, I focused on both educational content and community engagement. I produced and published a green wallet tutorial, which aimed to provide comprehensive guidance on this user-friendly self-custodial Bitcoin wallet. And I'm not saying it <laughs> another time. Every chapter has videos and images in the podcast player. I ended the month of November with a Bitcoin for Fairness meetup in Accra that we organized in Ghana, a successful social event bringing together about 30 to 40 Bitcoin enthusiasts from around the world and local Ghanaians at the One Corner Garden. The meetup was enriched by guests like Peter McCormick, Eric Hersman from Gridless and representatives from Fedi offering diverse perspectives on Bitcoin's potential. My personal highlight of the evening was the participation of Bitcoin data from Kenya. That's Marcel Lorraine, who is running a female-only Bitcoin educational program. And this year, she was able to join the conference at her own expenses. Last year... Bitcoin for Fairness helped Marcel Lorraine to attend the conference in that we found a donor who paid for her travel costs. And this year, she was coming with four of her participants on her own expenses. That's great. In December, I attended the Africa Bitcoin conference in Accra. In my keynote, I focused on how Africa is empowering Bitcoin and the important role Bitcoin plays in African countries struggling with inflation and authoritarian government control. I emphasized the growing adoption of Bitcoin across the continent and its thriving community, also thanks to the work and support from our Bitcoin for Fairness initiative. Additionally, I facilitated a beginner's workshop as part of the program in Accra. After that, we traveled to Zimbabwe to continue our efforts to share knowledge about financial sovereignty. One of my personal highlights of this month was being recognized as the seventh most impactful African Bitcoiner of the year, an honor that is humbling and underscores my commitment to the Bitcoin community. Now let's get a little bit into personal notes. My biggest learnings this year. Traveling all these countries, I have been learning and confirming my own thesis on how Bitcoin can contribute to the greater good. 
The challenges might be different from country to country, but the need to solve these issues is the same. Foreign exchange controls, KYC requirements, excluding people from economic interactions, exclusion of millions of people through nation-state sanctions that only hurt regular people and not those who it should hurt. High banking costs, freezing bank accounts of human rights activists or political opponents, rising wealth gaps and living costs through inflation. The hidden repression of many countries in Africa, Asia or Latin America through the IMF and World Bank. See Alex Gladstein's book. Every single one of these challenges can be taken on by using Bitcoin. But currently, we are on the brink of a bigger conflict between those who want to maintain the current status, see Elizabeth Warren, who wants to fight crypto and even ban self-custody and peer-to-peer -peer use of Bitcoin in the USA, ironically with the help of big banks, or let's look at representatives of the European Union who want to ban proof-of-work. So it's a conflict between those people and all the people who are fed up with centralized control in the hands of human beings who are deciding over their money and freedom. Bitcoin is a defense technology and a tool to participate in the dialogue and more and more people are experiencing this. Because in the face of real adversaries, one needs an uncensorable, permissionless money that can't be shut down influenced or censored by actors who are threatening you with violence. No other form of payment and money, like CBDCs, Tether, credit cards, PayPal and so on, can be this tool. It's only Bitcoin. 2023 was the year of BRC20 tokens, inscriptions and stamps on Bitcoin. The issuance of these tokens led to increased transaction fees, sometimes as high as 40 US dollars. This turned into a wide discussion and disputes on Twitter and within developers what the real use case of Bitcoin is and how to proceed. There's also the suspicion that it could be a social attack on the network. My stance is this. Bitcoin is money and a savings technology. NFTs, tokens and other forms of using Bitcoin, like with smart contracts, should be issued on Bitcoin sidechains or other blockchains. Securing JPEGs with the help of Bitcoin is not a life-changing necessity. But having a censorship-resistant, non-inflatable money is. On a side note, the interesting part is this. Some of the other blockchains saw a lot of inscriptions and tokens as well this year, but they went down. The blockchains couldn't handle the amount of data, whereas Bitcoin has been producing blocks like clockwork every 10 minutes. Bitcoin would have reached higher transaction fees in a few years organically anyhow. More demand for transactions raises the fees. But without ordinals and co, we'd still see lower fees, giving developers time to build second and third layer technologies and improve the usability of Bitcoin and Lightning, as well as giving educators like me the chance to onboard all kinds of individuals to Bitcoin before the black rocks of the world start their ETFs. Now things have changed and I'll adapt. 
I'm still very optimistic for Bitcoin. 2024 will be a crazy year with the halving around April, the launch of many new wallets and e-cash systems like Fedis. I was able to test the Fedi app already. It has great usability and combines sending and receiving money with a chat app. So my work won't become less exciting. And also for you, dear listener, 2024 will become wild. Adding to the bright side, it was great to see how Bitcoin for Fairness work in the years before has paid off. For instance, as I said before, a Bitcoin for Fairness donor helped to fund the travel costs for Lorraine Marcel, the founder of Bitcoin Dada, to attend the inaugural Bitcoin conference in Ghana last year. This year, Lorraine attended with three of her education graduates covering their costs from her own budget. Another example is how Bitcoin for Fairness connected Gridless from Kenya with someone from a Malawian hydropower station. And now they are mining Bitcoin together there. Bitcoin for Fairness also connected two members of the Bitcoin for Fairness community in Zambia with a new initiative in Victoria Falls where they are becoming their Bitcoin teachers. Through my work in Zimbabwe, I hooked up with an activist, onboarded him, showed him the green wallet and offered a scholarship for Crack the Orange. And now he's going to start a Bitcoin training initiative himself. These are all small things in itself, maybe, but they add up and I'm very lucky to be able to contribute in this way. My goal for next year. My goals with Bitcoin for Fairness for 2024. One of my goals is to raise donations, to be able to give 100 to 200 scholarships away to build the next generation of Bitcoin educators and advocates in the global south within the online learning platform Crack the Orange. I want to support the scholars who successfully complete the course to pass the exam to become a certified Bitcoin professional. That gives them a business certificate proving their knowledge about Bitcoin. With this certificate, they can apply for remote jobs in international Bitcoin communities and don't have to leave their home countries. At the same time, Crack the Orange is open for anyone to learn more about Bitcoin. Next year, I will constantly produce new learning material especially how to manage the fee market, how to navigate between Bitcoin on-chain, Lightning, Liquid and new e-cash systems like Fedimint or Cashew. UTXO management will become a hot topic in the next few years too. Crack the Orange members will have exclusive access to the material and to me in my monthly live calls before the new content is published to the world. Finally, I want to keep on traveling the world as an educator and nomad, but I need to scale down a little bit to take the stress out of it. This year, I traveled to 11 countries on three continents as a digital nomad and educator. From Zimbabwe to Zambia, Malta, Czech Republic, Norway, Latvia, USA, UK, Switzerland, Indonesia, Ghana and back to Zimbabwe. I appeared 14 times on stage giving keynotes and workshops. My team and I organized five meetups. 
I was 15 times interviewed or contributed to an online event and published six podcast episodes on the Anita Posh Show. In total, I estimate that my work reached around 1,500 people in person and many more with hundreds of content pieces on social media and different websites. I actually don't really know how many people I reached and how many Bitcoin for Fairness has reached. I really love this lifestyle, combining nomading with work that makes sense to me and I hope it contributes to the greater good. I'm grateful that I found my ikigai in Bitcoin and that all my talents and experiences I have been gathering over the years fit so perfectly together that I'm enabled to be an educator. I want to thank you, dear listener, for supporting my work as well as the Human Rights Foundation and OpenSats for their gifts to enable the efforts and work of Bitcoin for Fairness and the Crack the Orange Scholarship Program. Together we have the power to carry the torch of financial freedom onward. I wish you a happy new year and a great 2024 for you, your friends and your family. Hear you soon, see you soon next year. That's it. Thanks for joining. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to my newsletter at anita.link weekly to receive all updates into your mailbox and please recommend it to your friends. Music Late Truth by Audio Hertz. Until next time at the Anita Post Show.